Hey there, thanks for tuning in. This is Love What I Love, a podcast where we beg our partner to love something we do, whether it be a movie, TV show, or anything in between. We're your hosts, Masha and Andy. And this week, we're talking about bringing down the house. That's a great way to start the show. Yikes. <laughs> oh, what did you get us into this time, Asha? I I really So, I think that moving forward, I'm just going to make sure that I watch every movie I think I love. Anyway, that's smart. Well, <laughs> I think this is a perfect time to introduce one of our variations to Love What I Love. Today, instead of a Love What I Love, we're going to be taking a more nostalgic look and doing a Love What I Loved. Do you want to explain what that means, Masha? Yes. So, <laughs> Love What I Loved is when we get to revisit a film that we loved in the past, but may not be as great as we remembered it being. And full disclosure, this might have started as a love what I love, and then about 30 minutes in really turned into a love what I loved for Masha. Honestly, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> I, okay, bringing down the house. Yep, tell us a little, little bit I'm about I'm just going to go into the summary and then we can get into yeah, it. Yeah, let them know. So if you're not familiar, bringing down the house, released in 2003, starring Steve Martin and Queen Latifah, is a comedy. I'm just stressing that. It's a comedy about <laughs> about a white middle-class tax attorney whose life is turned upside down when he meets Charlene, a convict who's broke out of prison and threatens to wreak havoc on his life unless he helps her prove her innocence. This movie's budget was 33 mil, and it made 167.4 mil in the box office. That's a shame. <laughs> <laughs> and just for the fun of it, I just want to share the tagline of the movie uh, with you. Oh, okay. Everything he needed to know about life, she learned in prison. <laughs> Which I don't think is accurate once we go into the plot of the show. No, and also not as uh, as insane as I would have thought the tagline to this movie would have been. Right. Um, if I could give my synopsis of the plot, it's um, <laughs> when white people come in contact with b -b 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 black people, and they don't know what to do about it. Their whole world is turned upside down. This is my second summary of it. <laughs> Once you go black, you never come back. <laughs> that should have been the tagline, honestly. Oh, God. <laughs> so, you guys know, we don't... We could pick anything we want. This is love what I love, love what I loved. I could have picked any movie. And I thought, I truly thought that I loved bringing down the house. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll let you get into like your true history with it. But just for the listener's sake... We've been together for five years now. You have been talking about this movie since we first started dating. You quote it with your mom. You bring it up a lot. And I've constantly... I've never seen it before right. this. And I've constantly <laughs> been pretty adamant that I'm pretty sure this movie sucks ass. Which is the only reason I kept bringing it up. Because I was like, it doesn't suck as much as you say it sucks. And... <laughs> <laughs> that has happened. There are times where... There's a movie I've judged completely unfairly. Bulletproof Monk? <sighs> sure. <laughs> it was better than I thought, but it was okay. <laughs> but this one, oh man, it exceeded like 
I almost wish I did see it back in the day just yeah. so I could fucking warn people. Well, that's another thing, too, because I wonder if I'm looking at it now through the lens of how, like, what's going on in our world and in our country and how, like, that kind of emphasizes what's wrong with what they mention in this film, which we'll get into. So, yeah, I mean, I agree, but I, I also kind of picked up that context from the trailer when I was yes. 13. So, <laughs> we're going to talk about that. <laughs> I feel like as a child, a lot of things went over my head. I told you about the story. There are many stories, but just like people doing like drinking or drugs around me. And I'm like, oh, everyone's having a great time. And then <laughs> everyone's just years... extra happy in this room. <laughs> and then years later being like, oh, they yeah, were they... on drugs. <laughs> they were all high. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of that has happened in my life. So I'm like half surprised, but not that this happened. But like, I'm actually kind of devastated. So you're telling me if I ever got into like a Walter White Breaking Bad uh, crystal meth <laughs> operation, it would take you about three, four, five years before you caught on. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, no. Man, some straight like you giant stick up his ass all of a sudden at age, what, 60? He's just going to break bad? Well, anyway, so my right. relation to the film. Yeah, yeah. Let's, what do you remember about, I don't uh, know. Love Queen Latifah. Yeah. Love Steve Martin. They're honestly, I gotta give it up. Yeah, they are both great. Queen yes. Latifah fucking pioneered, you know, female hip hop in the nine. Like you know, like there right. were obviously female hip hop artists before her, but she was one of the first huge ones. Yeah. And you know, she has charisma in a lot of movies. Like she wasn't the bad part of this. And Steve Martin, I mean, come on. No. He's great. Yeah, he's fantastic. And you know, my mom and I love both of them. And. It's always great to see someone like Queen Latifah on the big screen, you know? Mm -hmm. But yeah, love them. Watched it with my mom countless times. Like you mentioned, we quote it all the time. Did you see it in theaters? Or did you just like somehow like, just like you guys rented it or bought it for some reason because you saw her on the cover? I feel like I definitely did see it in theaters, but we have it on DVD and we watch that a lot of times. Yeah. You know, would always skip to my favorite parts. <laughs> <sighs> what were your favorite parts? <laughs> <laughs> oh man i had favorite parts anyway yes it was very quotable and i have this i had this vague memory of it being a movie that kind of challenged our thoughts of like black people you don't have to conform to whiteness to be great despite the ne negative stereotypes that was reviewed in the, that they went over in this movie yeah i for some reason i came away with the message of being like be yourself. I like, mean, it's <laughs> technically in there because they wrote it in the last couple of pages of the script, but nothing in the movie builds to it. They didn't earn shit. It was yeah. <laughs> so that was my takeaway from what from my memory of this movie. And after watching it with you, I kind of wanted to see if I was just, you know, one of the few that thought about it like this, or if there are other people who actually enjoyed it too. To your point, though, I mean, the box office kind of proved that there were plenty of people who enjoyed this movie because it was a smash hit yeah i even th i think i read it was number one for like three weeks it made smash a lot hit. of money yeah. smash hit i mean you got a great cast okay premise <laughs> 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 yeah i guess just looking at it years later i could tell how much i've changed as a person and how it's hitting me differently so anyway you get the gist of that i'm wondering what did you think andy even though i know <laughs> generally speaking <laughs> How you felt? Uh, yeah, even though I love Steve Martin, you know, growing up, anytime he would be on like SNL 
Whenever I see the reruns were great. I love, you know, The Jerk is fucking awesome. Father of the Bride's pretty good. Mm. You know, he's got some good movies out there. Three Amigos. But I remember even in this era, I was just not watching Steve Martin movies. Like once like the 2000s hit, I don't know. It was like a mix of like really old school, like kind of like physical comedy with, you know, like a lot of old timey jokes, which were kind of my favorite part of this movie. Mm. And then mixed with just like sheer silliness. Like he kind of like just got re... He was never an edgy comic, but he definitely got like branded as like a, like a kid family friendly comic. So, like, everything from this to Cheaper by the Dozen to the Pink Panther remakes, I just didn't see any of them. So, <laughs> so yeah, I just kind of steered clear of Steve Martin in this time. That is hilarious, because I all those movies you avoided, I definitely watched. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So, I think when we say we love Steve Martin, I think we're talking about completely different eras. <laughs> we are two wild and crazy guys! <laughs> but, yeah, I remember just seeing the trailers and just not being into it like i was just it just seemed easy at the time and i'm not trying to act like i was fucking mad smart it wasn't it wasn't necessarily that i thought i was like too smart for the movie it just seemed like a little too the funny thing is i didn't want to see because it seems too sanitized and too a little like all right it's like a little family friendly thing where it's an easy plot that i could already understand but little did i know i mean this was one of the fucking craziest movies i've ever <laughs> seen like we'll get into it but like this, this movie wasn't safe at all right Yes. So yeah, I just didn't see it, never thought I would see it, and then watched it last night. <sighs> yep. So this movie was directed by Adam Shankman. We know him for very different reasons. Yeah. <laughs> I knew him as a judge of So You Think You Can Dance. I watched that show a lot. Oh, that's funny. Uh, how did you know him? Oh, I didn't know him. I mean, I looked him up and I just saw, like, I, I've, I've heard of the movies he's directed. Like, okay. He did, like, The Wedding Planner with McConaughey. And, oh, uh, love that movie. Uh, walk to remember with Mandy Moore, and then I think he he seemed to be like Steve Martin's like go to guy during this era because he produced the Cheaper by the Dozens and he directed the second one. Mm. But no, I didn't know who he was until I looked it up. So yeah. his name meant nothing to me like at first in terms of like oh that guy right. But that's that's cool that he, I mean I guess he has a dance background. Yeah, surprised he, he hasn't made more dance movies, but he's produced on them. Like, oh cool. I believe he's helped produce a lot of the like Step Up franchise movies. Okay. Fun fact, he was an EP on What Men Want. Uh, I didn't see that. Yeah, me neither. Anyway, because of all the racial references that come up in this movie, I wanted to look up the writer. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't have many credits. Jason Filardi. But I wanted to see if you had watched or know of any of these movies. All right. Drum in 2004. Nope. Never heard of it. Gangsta MD. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just uh, just knowing what he wrote with this movie. There's no fucking tact in that. Oh, oh man. Seventeen oh. again, starring Zac Efron. I've I know heard it. Heard of I it, know. but yeah, never seen it. Back nine. Nah. Status update. Yeah, I got. Nothing. All right, I so got nothing on this you guy. don't know him. Anyway, we're gonna talk about this movie, and if you don't know why we're you know being weird, you will <laughs> very soon. Why don't we just get into a spoiler-free discussion? Like you said, ringing down the house. It kind of starts off with a catfish situation where Steve Martin is, you know, talking with this person he believes is a lawyer. He's also a lawyer. So he's kind of internet chatting with this girl. You can tell that he's embellishing some certain details. He's acting like he's younger than he is. 
yep. and all that to get this girl. And then surprise, surprise, when she shows up for their date, it's Queen Latifah who has been catfishing him from jail. She's been ed- educating herself while she's behind bars, right? Because she wants to exonerate herself. Um, and she's been trying to educate herself and she's been joining lawyer chat rooms and that's where she meets Steve Martin. Yeah. And she sends Steve Martin this photo that she claims she's in it, which she is. But, you know, what he sees in the forefront is this beautiful, standard white woman talking to reporters. And yeah. that's who he thinks he's going to be. And she's in the background as, like... Getting put in a police cruiser. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I remember finding that hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> My mom and I love that. Yeah, it's a joke. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> See, the reason she was catfishing him is because she's adamant that she's innocent of her crime. So she finds this lawyer to, basically, she wants to convince him to relook at her case and try to get everything appealed. Right. Like all the charges that were thrown against her for armed robbery and some other crazy shit. Yeah. Cool premise, right? Yeah, it's fine. Um, I think where we have an issue is the journey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and what happens and the things that are said throughout the journey. But, you know, in the beginning, we're also kind of introduced to Steve Martin's character's lifestyle. He's this middle class tax attorney who lives across the street from his boss's sister, which, you know, obviously he did that intentionally. That's the vibe that I would get from the movie yeah. um, in order to get to be at the position that he's at currently. Uh, that makes sense. I was kind of wondering. I was like, man, you live so-. like he lives under a situation like as if he's like in college and like the RA is across the street. Like, yeah. Like anytime anything remotely out of the ordinary happens, he starts freaking out that his boss's sister is going to see him. Yeah. And I was like, dude, you're like a 55 year old man. Like be in a, like grow up. Like what are you looking over your back for? Yeah. Well, <laughs> but yeah, that makes sense. I think that he would have done that because he's like, he's like the classic uh, stuffy, like I'll do anything for my career, but I let my relationships go. We've seen it a thousand times, but yeah, it's it's that stereotype. And what I got from a lot of the people and the white people in this movie is they cared a lot about their image, especially Steve Martin, you know, like he, he's a member of a country club. He doesn't want to be seen with Charlene throughout the movie because she's black and people will have questions. And back then like i was like yeah (laughs) you know like i I kind of went along with it i don't think it's insane to make a movie about that and Mm -hmm. i think if it was focused on that it would make sense i don't really generally think it's fun or really that helpful to like scrutinize art from the past based on the values that people hold today i think it's worth it but I, i just like there there's enough people like on the internet like especially younger people who watch older stuff and then just immediately start posting about how this is problematic right. i can't believe this you see it coming up now where these young kids are watching tropic thunder for the first time and they're mad at robert Downey yeah, Jr. Yeah, for doing yeah. blackface and they don't understand the satire behind it exactly and that like it's not just blackface for the sake of making is it was a point to it in that movie me i know who i am i'm a dude playing a dude disguised as another dude what so, I don't know. I don't really think it's that good to, like, go back and watch something from, like, the 70s and be like, I can't believe they're not too nice to gay people. Like, right. Like, you have to take what was given at the time and kind of hold it in the context of that time. But this fucking movie was... This is 2003. This is 2003. Every single person in this guy's life is, like, 1950s racist to black people. Wait, why, why'd Reggie get more years than you? You beat the man half to death. He was black. Those were the days... You sound like you yearn for those days, Frank. No, I'm just saying those were the days. Mm-hmm. 
right. like like when they see them, their eyes bulge out because they can't believe that one is walking amongst them in public. Yeah. So it just like fabricates this crazy world where like if there were no cops looking, I feel like these people would be hanging black people. Like right. they're fucking insane. And but then the moral of the movie has nothing to do about race or racism or overcoming that, yeah. which is why I just think it like doesn't work. And we we'll talk at the ending in spoilers, but like I just captured basically what I call the racism supercut of this movie, <laughs> where there is some fucking vile shit said in this movie, and I, for one, don't want to be repeating it on recorded microphone. <laughs> like, I'm just good, so I think we're just going to play it for you, and it's... We're tiptoeing it, around everything, so I feel like we gotta just let the... Just listen. let you guys yeah. experience like what we experience, <laughs> and then fucking, we'll go from there. So I'm just going to play a nice collection of what all the different characters... Black and white in this movie, I have to say, and just, like, the fact that there's this much dialogue about race and this movie has nothing to do with race is just... I wouldn't say nothing to do with race, but right. it's not... They're not trying to tackle, you know, stereotypes or... They're, no, they're, they're not trying to change it. them. I mean, it's clearly all just played for broad laughs. Right. As opposed to trying to make any kind of point. Yeah. So, yeah. Here you go. Swing it, you Coco goddess. Coco goddess, that's the rude shock I was telling you about. That's Charlene. Mm -hmm. Roscoe cracked that dough, I kicked it off the heezy and bounced. For real though. What did you just say? I saw Peter hanging out at the club today. He was mingling with a large black woman. Tattooed and banshee and welfareish. I want you and your dogs to go back to the pound now. Mendingo! Listen, sister. Why don't you go back to Sanderson and the whole jungle fever thing the two of you got going on before I call the cops? Get used to it, Twiggy. You're going to be seeing a lot more of me around here. Now without a broom in your hand. If I have a broom, it's only because I'm here to sweep up the white trash. Save it for the YMCA, Jemima. If I talk about it, gangster people will come to my house and cut me. Yes, sir. <laughs> I will go on down to the pool with the chillin'. Ooh, that I'll let your boy. Mama. Is Masa going to sell us tomorrow? Yes, yes, yes. Now, there's a second verse. If you'd like to join in the chorus. Ed, you can kiss my natural black ass. Oh, she's a homie. <laughs> so this is a PG-13 movie. Mm -hmm. So you would think that it's it wouldn't be as bad as like an R-rated movie that has to do with this kind of subject matter because generally you'd be hearing tons of you know n-words being thrown around and like racial slurs that you know can really make people uncomfortable but because it was PG-13 they obviously like nobody ever says the n-word nobody ever says anything that like holy like like when you just see it on paper you're like fuck that's messed up mm -hmm. so it seemed like they had to get a little more creative to get around the censors but in a lot of these instances they're using <laughs> These crazy outdated terms that are so fucking messed up, but because it's not like what you would think, you know, like, like when you watch like a Tarantino movie, like Django Unchained or something, mm -hmm. there's horribly racist characters in it, but they're just dropping N-words left and right, left and right, left and right, left and right, like you're almost desensitized to it, and then so when this came around, like fucking Betty White just says some <laughs> shit. At different times. I mean, I'll play it right here. Mandingo! I haven't heard that word <laughs> in something that wasn't set in the 1800s in my entire life. Yeah. It just, I found it, it ended up being cr like so much more offensive than if it was R-rated in my opinion. Because they had to get creative with these slurs and dig up these like old ass terms. Mm -hmm. 
like, come on, calling her Jemima, and like, there's so much slave jokes and master jokes, and yeah. like, it was just like, I was like, man, I would have just preferred if you all just called her the N-word for the whole movie. <laughs> like, like, it would have been easier to fucking yeah. <laughs> to understand. The neighbor was insane, Betty White's character. Oh my god. I was kind of, you know, in my research (laughs) trying to find like some behind the scenes content of the cast talking about their roles but i honestly i didn't get to do too much but i I mean it's not yeah there's not really no one's talking about this movie like it made a lot of money but it's not holding firm in the cultural like it's not the (laughs) in-depth yeah yeah like yeah i tried to look up stuff on youtube i feel like the only thing where you can get any more details of behind the scenes is I know there's an audio commentary in the DVD, but there's no fucking way I'm watching this movie again. So that <laughs> commentary will go unheard for the rest of my life. Oh, man. So let's, we'll go into a more standard structure instead of us just co- co- complaining about how fucking <laughs> racist this movie was. But just other things I didn't think worked was, like, right from the beginning, I know Queen Latifah is innocent and, like, we're supposed to be on her side, but, like, everything, like... If she really wanted this man's help, she's just fucking terrorizing his life. Yeah. She's, like, breaking into his house, like, just throwing house parties. Well, in her head, they've sort of developed this online relationship. Eh, I don't think so. They've been chatting for months. Yeah, under a catfish situation. I know, but, you know, she's probably You were getting catfished by some dude. And, like, you're talking to him, you think he's this dream guy, and then all of a sudden he shows up and just, and he's nothing that he, the way he presented himself, and now he just wants a thousand things from you. You're going to be like, get the fuck out of my I life. I know. Like, we but, met online. Yes. But, you know, she did ask him for, like, legal help, and he's like, whatever you need, like, in that opening montage of their uh, online chats. So, I just feel like they got to a certain relationship in their online chats that maybe she had a certain level of, like, comfortability with him. That obviously he's not going to reciprocate because she yeah, but she knows like that's sociopathic behavior. <laughs> like you, you can't like. I'm I just know. sorry. Like uh, the fact that we met online, and met over chatting on OkCupid. <laughs> if I misrepresented myself completely and then showed up to our first date, and you're like, "What the? Who is this? Like this is nothing. He doesn't right. look like his. It's not the picture he sent me. It's not like he's nothing what he's like." And then all of a sudden, I was like, "All right, I've been tricking you for two for three weeks or however long we talked. So because I need you to go do this, this, you'd be like, "Yeah, you'd never talk to me again." <laughs> I think yes. you're. I think you're projecting on Queen Latifah here because you like her. <laughs> Like, oh, like she should have came in valid. hat in hand and been like, hey, I'm, and I know it's a comedy, so it's supposed to be played for laughs where it's like, look how outrageous she is. Yeah. But like, if you want me to believe it as a movie, she should have been like, look, I know I lied to you. Or at least like after the first couple scenes, be like, I know I lied to you. I'm truly sorry, but it was the only answer I could see. Like, I couldn't spend my life in prison. But like, there was none of that. She just comes in and she's like, what's up? Uh, I'm sorry, I did the voice. <laughs> yes, Steve Martin and everyone in his life is horribly racist and I'm fucking fuck them for that. But like. Right. I didn't see why he would want to help her. And it really came down to her threatening to, like, ruin his career and reputation for him to even say yes. Yeah. So it was like, I just had no sympathy. You know, I guess towards the end, sure, she helps out the family, blah, blah, blah. It was kind of the formulaic comedy. Yeah. But, like, in those beginning scenes, I was just like, yeah, I wouldn't help her either. Like, I do remember having thoughts where I was like, okay, you kind of went a little too far there, Charlene. Like, I would have just done it this way. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, having a pool party at his house... To sort of convince him to, like, help her out. There, yo, there isn't a person in this movie who isn't, like, the definition of a stereotype. (laughs) There's not, like, a single black person who just, like, is going to the grocery store and, like, has a conversation. Like, everyone's got their fucking pants down. Like, and I know. I think we're forgetting his secretary at the tax firm. 
she was blip. Oh, I didn't even. <laughs> I've watched this movie too many times. <laughs> I, don't... I even know what the extras look like. I hi- I didn't barely remember that he's a tax attorney. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so just like all these scenes, like they're all just supposed to be played for laughs. Like I can't believe white people and black people would ever be in the same room, and it's just all the lazy jokes of like, you know. She hears him call her friends her dogs, and he says, get your dogs out of here. Right. And that, like, you know. But I think, though, even though they are, like, kind of cheap, Steve Martin and Queen Latifah, I think, did it the best that it could have been done. I'm not going to lie. I giggled a couple times, but I think a lot of those, it was just, like, Steve Martin humor. Yeah. Which is, like, that kind of 70s wordplay, which we don't really see anymore because it's been done to death. Like, he's got the sister-in-law who's, like, always, like, gold-digging these these rich old men so she could sleep with them until they die and take their money. Mm-hmm. And, like, he sees her in the office and, like, he's like, hey, who are you do- Who are you here to do today? You know, yeah. like, like that's a very old-timey joke, oh, but, like, it's Rod- Rodney Dangerfield-style, like, like old-style joke. And I dig those, but, like, that was the, uh, most of the giggles I got out of it. You didn't love Eugene's part? Eugene Levy, he plays Steve Martin's best friend in the in the movie, who happens to have huge uh, feelings for Charlene throughout the movie. Oh, uh, don't you mean Jungle Fever, as yeah, the movie likes to call it? Was, <laughs> it's so funny because at one while we were watching this movie, at one point Andy was like, they're going to say Jungle Fever before this movie's over. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and it, I was like, no, they're not in my head, you know? It took towards the end, but it, it came out. <laughs> uh, God damn it. Oh, uh, forget the uh, the monkey noises that played when uh, Queen Latifah was introduced in that one scene. Yep. <laughs> no, that's in the montage we played earlier. The folks heard it. <laughs> that even and caught yes, me by surprise. Honestly, is, I don't remember and that. And that is a real song. Like, it's not like they, like, mixed monkey noises for it, but, like, come on. Mm-hmm. I think it was chosen pretty deliberately. Yeah. Well, it might have been, like, one of those, like, we didn't think about this twice scenarios. You know? Sure. You think the editor was like, oh, let me put this track in. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah. She was the one black person coming to the country club, and all the white people went to stare at her when she walked in, and then fucking monkey jungle noise started playing before, I forget what song it was, but it was a decently famous, like, 70s R&B song. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, let's just get into talking about this movie and what happens, like, in the details, but one thing I will say is... My biggest takeaway watching this again is I wonder how much of these stereotypes that are brought up in this movie have sunk into my subconscious because I watched this what when I was uh I can't do math like 12 or 13. Yeah. So I'm like, you know, all those lines about like Ooh, I hope you like shampoo when he sees Queen Latifah for the first time and yeah. her hair's kind of like all out and natural like I'm just like, it's caused me a lot of reflection. (laughs) And, you know, I'm kind of just worried. I'm like, if I thought this movie was awesome, what else do I think is like, I don't know. How how have these movies affected me and my upbringing and how I look at things? I don't know. Yeah. It's just an interesting uh, thing to experience to not notice all of these sort of subtle, uh, I don't know things <laughs> <laughs> i like to use the word subtle because i didn't see anything subtle oh about this my movie. god well to shit. me it was subtle <laughs> at the time but anyway let's uh let's go into spoilers yeah i mean i might as well just start talking about the rest of it i mean they're not really spoilers know, you kind of can guess what happens the fucking end of this movie coming <laughs> the opening credits
I was waiting to, like, we already alluded earlier where I was waiting to see if, like, the movie was building up to some kind of big thing about race and accepting people for who they are, all this stuff. Yes, it should have gone there, but also, this movie was written so fucking plainly that I just don't think they would have handled it with any kind of tact and grace. And it might have made me more angry if the moral of the story was, like, don't be racist, because mm. every single joke about this movie was either about how, like, stuffy and out-of-touch white people are, or how all black people are criminals and you shouldn't trust them and they shouldn't be in any neighborhoods with white people. Right. The whole fucking crux of the movie is that, like, Steve Martin's wife left him because he works too much. Right. And he doesn't know how to have fun, and then Queen Latifah teaches him how to have fun, and then he gets back together with his wife. And I was like, the fucking movie was about him learning how to loosen up? And I was yeah. just like, like, there's hardly any comeuppance for, like, any of the bad characters... There's... Oh, there is one. Uh, which one? When Queen Latifah beats up Ashley in the country club. Yeah, but that's like in the middle of the movie, and then she just continues to be like a horrible piece of shit yeah. for the rest of the movie. So and like... for, for the record, Ashley is Steve Martin. <laughs> I need to learn his character's name. Who gives a shit? <laughs> um, Don't learn anything about Peter. This movie. Steve Martin plays Peter in this movie. So Peter's ex- uh, ex-wife has a sister. Who and he's the one. She's the one that Andy mentioned earlier. Who basically, she's a gold digger who sleeps with older men for their money. When it um, started, I was like, "Oh, she's clearly going to be like the the one character who's super racist and like doesn't accept this." Right. But she's one of five. Yeah. And she's in the top three of like, well, I can't even pick with between her, Betty White, and then the rich lady. Yeah. I don't know what the fuck. But she's not just racist. She's also mean. Like she's a terrible aunt. She calls her nephew stupid like, to, to his, his face. face. She's just a horrible. And person. then the piece of shit ex-wife of Steve Martin doesn't do anything to defend anyone in her life ever. She's just always hanging out with this sister. And I was like, yo, she just looked your kid in the eye and called him a dumb fuck yeah and in so many words pg-13 so <laughs> but i was like yo you gotta t- talk to your sister and be like you can't talk to my kids like that get them, like right get out of my house but yeah i mean out of all the people in this movie though a lot of them say racist things you're supposed to hate ashley the most yeah i guess so yeah i guess because she doesn't end up smoking weed with the black guys and realizing they're cool like the other racist characters. exactly so you know <laughs> This fucking movie, yo. So Ashley first encounters Charlene at the country club. And she kind of snaps her fingers. And she's like, another martini, please. Assuming that she works there. Which ends up leading to basically this fight. Like, martial arts scene. Yeah, I don't know. I, I guess I thought it was going to be hilarious. Bathroom. But it was like this most, the most like unrealistic, like... I mean, I guess that could be played for laughs in a, in a certain comedy. Oh, but we like, laughed. We laughed. I laughed because I was like, what are they doing? Like, it was just like a four-minute fight scene. And, like, because she knew Tai Bo, she could fight. But because Charlene went to prison, she could fight. And, like... Yeah. I will say that I didn't I didn't think there was going to be any action in this movie. And there was three action scenes. And three? And I blew my... I count when the fucking... Uh, the guy tries to kill Steve Martin in the car. And then okay. he puts it in reverse and whips him out of it and drives Got away. It. it was short. But I was like, that was... That was some fucking Vin Diesel shit right there, if mm-hmm. I ever saw it. So, yeah. I didn't I didn't expect any of the action to be in this movie. Yeah. Nor... That, that was the one scene that I thought you would enjoy. I mean, in a set, Like, I enjoyed it where I was like, it was so fucking weird that, like, mm-hmm. I got into it. And I know I'm cursing more than usual, guys, on this one, <laughs> but, like, this movie. You are. We're getting... Yeah. We, we poured a drink for this one. We're getting a little oh, loose. This, yeah. this movie was, like, nuts. I just, like, I always knew it sucked, but, like, Jesus Christ, <laughs> it was so bad. I mentioned Eugene Levy earlier, who fancies Charlene, and 
to me, he was, guys, I got to be honest. I was like holding my head down for most of this movie, ashamed that I even brought this into Andy's <laughs> life. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the small moments of relief, if and they were small, were Eugene Levy coming on screen. All right. So, yeah, he's an amazing comedic performer. <laughs> he can uplift even the worst American Pie movie. Like, he's fucking good. But, like, even his character, like, the way he was, like, so enthralled with her, he completely upended his whole life and started adopting what he thought were, like, black things. Like, it was just, like... It was I don't like, think he upended. I think he was just censoring himself until Charlene came No, it's the not picture. the dirty... Like, he's dirty from the beginning. Like, in the very first scene, he's talking to Steve Martin, he's like, yo, how many girls you nailing? This and that. And all, already, for dudes of their age, it was fucking weird. <laughs> and also, again, before we get... How old are these people supposed to be? Like, how old is Steve Martin and Eugene Levy supposed he's, to be in this He's movie? in his 50s. Both of them? Well, I assume they're around the same age, but right. Steve Martin is definitely in his right. 50s. Because he has that joke, like, he's like, ah, 51, 57, whatever. Uh, <laughs> all right. Both of them just seem too old for Queen Latifah, but fair enough. It was like, he just reminded me of those people who, like, they meet one black person and just immediately start changing the way they talk and the way they act, like, to... You know, like, he's just immediately, I put it in the fucking context, he's saying for shizzle and holla at your boy, and, like, nothing about him pre-meeting Queen Latifah indicated, like, he wasn't like, I love hip-hop music, like, it wasn't like he was already into black culture. You don't have to love hip-hop music to like a black woman. No, I'm just, come on. (laughs) I'm saying there was nothing, like, he didn't mention anything once about black culture, black people, black anything, and the second he met her, all of a sudden it was like... Hey, baby, a smooth tucking jazz man. All and I was right, just that's like, fair. Can I get you something? Some mofo butter lamb into the bone, jacking me up. I'm sorry, I don't understand. Cuddy say can't hang. Oh, Stewardess, I speak jive. Oh, good. He said that he's in great pain and he wants to know if you can help him. All right, would you tell him to just relax and I'll be back as soon as I can with some medicine? Just hang loose, blood. She's going to catch up on the rebound on the med side. What it is, big mama? My mama raised no dummies. I duck a rap. Got me some slack, yeah. It was just like a whole other type of racism where it was like he was like infatuated with her. And because he said in the beginning that he liked thick women. Yes. But like he was just like, oh, a thick black woman, like big booty, like every, like, you know, it was like, yeah. it was like he was like fucking just not treating her like a person at all. Yeah, he was sort of uh, cre- making her a sex symbol, basically. But yeah, I mean... I mean, which is how he was. she was introduced to him with yeah. the ooh-ooh-ah-ah. Ah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but like, so obviously, of all the different types of racists in this movie, I'll take a thousand Eugene Levies <laughs> over this fucking goddamn old lady and fucking Rose from Golden Girls and uh, <laughs> Missy Pyle, the sister. Oh, and you love Golden Girls. Uh, that must have been hard for you. I mean, it kind of made me laugh. Like, <laughs> I feel like ever since Lake Placid, uh, in that movie, uh, Rose played a... Uh, do you know Lake Placid? No. It's a giant alligator monster movie. It's a giant alligator that she kills people. She was in a giant alligator monster movie? Yeah, and then you find out, spoiler, that she's the one um, who's been, like, taking care of the alligator. Like, she... She found it as, like, a baby and is, and then one day killed her husband by feeding it to the alligator. And then, like, it got a taste for human flesh, so she keeps trying to, like, lure people in to feed her alligator humans. And wow. in that movie, she's cursing, saying, fuck, all over the place. Like, like stuff we've never seen Betty White do before. And I think ever since then, the joke with Betty White has always been, like, let's get her to say inappropriate stuff. Uh, it happened when she finally hosted SNL, 
at this point, probably half a decade ago. But right. it didn't shock me that it was like, oh, let's get Betty White to drop the F-bomb and, and say, like, horribly racist shit. Like, right. that's funny because we know her as this sweet old lady. So, like, even that, like, I was just like, yeah, they did it in, like, Placid. Like, you're <laughs> not even original in that sense, movie. If I had a dick, this is where I'd tell you to suck it. So it didn't, no, it didn't shock me. I was just like, yeah, this is what we do with Betty White now. We make her say inappropriate stuff because she's an old lady and it's funny. I see. But, but I do think Eugene, like, delivers his lines, like... <laughs> He's a goddamn professional. Eugene Levy is fucking good. <laughs> okay, so throughout this movie, another subplot is that Steve Martin, his firm, is trying to get this huge account. There's this woman, Virginia Arness, and they're basically trying to get control of her assets to manage them. She's this huge client, right? And Virginia is this old woman who's inherited a lot of money, and she's and, from uh, the South. And Yeah, and her accent is rich. Um, you've <laughs> oh. seen it in movies. <laughs> oh, oh, oh! <laughs> That's my impression. Why? I, know. I can't do it, because I'm not... I fucking can't do any accents. <laughs> I'll fucking play it right now. Now, there's a second verse. If you'd like to join in the chorus. Why is it in movies, ever since goddamn Gilligan's Island and before, is, like, rich a dialect? Like, it's like you get money, and then all of a sudden... Oh, you talk like this. Fielding Wellingtonsworth? Hello. Livingston Winsterford? Yes. Amelia Bedford Furthington Chesterhill? Good day. And James William Bottomtooth? Well, no. Well, she's old school. She's, like, old. So uh, I, I feel like she can get a pass But it here. didn't even sound like a southern accent. It was like, when you want to indicate, like, a snobby rich person in movies, you give them this accent, and I don't know if it's real, because I've never in my life met someone who talked like this. She's old money. And, you know, Steve Peter. <laughs> call him Steve. Yeah, okay, whatever. You're like, these characters don't deserve names. I'll, as soon as we hit stop, all of this is coming out of my brain. I'm not going to remember anything other than don't oh watch God. this. I, I'm going to have one post-it in my brain that says, if you ever think of watching this, <laughs> fucking skip. And everything else is gone. <laughs> don't break up with me. <laughs> uh, okay, so the point I'm getting at it here is, you know... Virginia, obviously she's old school, but you realize how old school she is when she comes over to Peter's house for dinner. Yeah. The slave spiritual song that we played in the montage earlier. Oh my god. Um, for the record, folks, I don't remember when, probably about a year or two ago, Masha pulled the scene up not. on YouTube. Yes, you did. I don't have this memory. I think she you watched it. Pulled the scene yourself. up on YouTube to show me just how funny this movie was after I was bashing it one random time when it got brought up. I don't remember this. And then even at the time, I was like, really? This is what's funny? And like, so it came back up. Continue. <laughs> this was the worst part of last night. <laughs> well, first of all, Peter had to, he just had to give her a maid outfit. Yeah, nobody, nobody in this world, because the movie tries to save itself in the end because she is a convicted criminal who escaped from jail. So like, Steve Martin eventually you know, they, they want to fire him from his job. He's going to lose all his clients. And they're, and it's because he's, like, associating with a convicted felon. And I feel like that was the movie's, like, easy way to, like, try to cover up the racism. But before anyone knows she's a convicted felon, it's already treated like he's an outcast of society for even associating with a black person. Yeah. So, like, I feel like, you know, they try to save themselves in the end by being like, no, it's not because she was black, it's because she was a felon. And I was like, ah, I see you, movie. Right. Like, the, you motherfuckers, none of you knew she was a felon until the beginning of the third act so yeah the whole mate like he had to give her a maid outfit because it would have been because he already had to lie and say she was the housekeeper or the nanny yes that was the whole thing where like he lies with the first time richie rich lady richie rich whatever <laughs> her name is 
Arness. Mrs. Arness. Mrs. Arness. Mrs. Arness. The first time she sees Queen Latifah, she immediately goes like, who is your associate? I mean, hey, she called her an associate. That's nice. And then he has to be like, oh, she's the hired help. And then, so on top of that, it's already lying that she's a nanny. But now he has to give her this fucking maid outfit. (laughs) Otherwise, this lady wouldn't believe that that the help could ever wear normal clothes. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Leave the racist shit aside. Like. Putting laxatives in the food. Like, are we done with that joke yet? Like, that shit. 2003. (sighs) Put yourself in the time. Yeah, we've all seen Dumb and Dumber. (laughs) It wasn't original in Dumb and Dumber, but Jeff Daniels' acting of taking a shit was so goddamn good that it was like the epitome of the laxative scene. Mm -hmm. Let's move on. We don't need to give people laxatives to watch them have to take it. Maybe the audience of this film didn't see Dumb and Dumber. But also, it didn't... In this movie, like... In Dumb and Dumber, it had, like, repercussions. In this, like... He just, like, leaves to go take a shit and then comes back. Like, it doesn't play that much of a, like... Well, I think the only thing it plays is if he were in the room, he would have turned that TV down immediately. That was saying that Charlene was a fugitive, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah, it doesn't really... It was it's tired, for the tired jokes. For the laughs. Like, he's like, oh, got a shit now, and then he goes and shits. And, All right. And then he comes back, and he's like, that was a big shit. <laughs> So this is the point in the movie where, you know, Steve Martin's like, I'm not helping you anymore, kind of shuts her out, and Charlene's still, like, on the loose. And, but there's a turn of events where Charlene's ex-boyfriend, Widow, goes into uh, Steve Martin's car and kind of, like, threatens him with a gun to his head and is like, don't mess with Charlene, man. Which was fucking retarded because he was nowhere near solving this case. He wasn't going to solve the case. Steve Martin didn't even have a fucking clue. I think Widow was just out of the loop, uh, you know? I just was like, you just signed it. Because like, <laughs> Detective Steve Martin's on the case. So right. Uh, so this, you know. He's a goddamn s- tax attorney. What the fuck's he doing solving crimes? I mean, apparently a cr- tax attorney is a criminal attorney. Oh, man. I'm quoting the movie here. I know. Hot take on the American tax system. Jesus Christ <laughs> movie. <laughs> the uh, real criminals are the bankers. Oh my gosh. <laughs> this fucking movie is so easy to write. Uh, but anyway, it kind of leads us to this the, the end scene where Steve Martin basically decides... Is one that step away from putting on blackface, is that oh, scene? God. You're doing yeah. a black voice and that's not racist? I'm just saying that's how black people talk. That's not racist. So you would do a black guy with a black voice, but not a black guy with a black face? I don't have a problem at all with doing a black voice. Doing yeah, a black understand. voice, that's just a, an act I don't understand trailer. that, dude. I'm just saying it's just about doing it tastefully, okay? Yeah, and you gotta make the lips funny. Oh, yeah. no, 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 no. What? They have to be funny. The lips it's not have about to be funny. outlined. It's not about being funny at all, okay? It's about to... Oh, my God! I'm getting pissed off, You can't do the voice without the lips. Okay, all right, everybody calm down. Clearly, we're not going to come to any conclusions here today, so let's move past it. Let's do something else. You're right. It's the one thing (laughs) this movie's missing. (laughs) (laughs) He basically goes to the club that Charlene tells him Widow hangs out at and, you know, finds these two guys leaving the club apparently i mean why didn't he just bring his own tape recorder he just happened to come across these two guys one who happens to have a, a tape boom box that can also record. yeah like what was his plan before that yeah that's actually tr- actually i didn't even think of that because i i thought he only bought their clothes no like uh, that guy's holding it. oh except yeah i i wasn't paying attention i remember questioning that as a kid that's so that funny. came across yeah what the fuck was this because he's like i'm gonna go get a confession from him and i was like a confess like I don't think so. With his titanium phone, maybe? (laughs) 
This motherfucker buys a titanium phone. I was like, why did they put that in the movie? I don't even know what that means. Have I've never seen a titanium phone in my life. And in two th- like, it up. in two thousand three, like you think flip phones are fucking made out of titanium? And I love how he goes, That was my six hundred dollar titanium phone. You can't even get the new iPhone for six hundred dollars right now. Can <laughs> we just pretend we didn't watch this and just remember bulletproof monk? You chose this. You made a you made a list when we first started this podcast of potential movies. This was your second Listen, movie. Listen, they don't need. No one needs to know this. <laughs> no one needs to. That's an edit. No way. So Steve Martin gives these guys a hundred bucks, or gives one guy a hundred bucks. Gets his outfit, his uh, stereo boombox, whatever. And that guy goes home dressed like Steve Martin. Or he goes home in his drawers. I think he goes home as Steve Martin, <laughs> at, like in his clothes. Knowing this movie, he would have been like, "I'm not wearing white people's clothes. That's crazy." And then he would have walked home in his underwear. So that leads us to Steve Martin going into a club, which means there's dancing. <laughs> well, yeah, because, I mean, luckily, I mean, thank God earlier in the movie, Queen Latifah, as the black person, teaches him how to dance because that is ever so important. Uh, it's like that never happens, you know? Anytime I've ever hung out with a black dude, at no point during the evening is he, like, trying to, like, teach me how to dance, you know? <laughs> you know that interracial footloose moment they always have to have in those movies? And I never go to his neighborhood and, like, try to, like, save a school, you know? Because Queen Latifah taught him how to dance because all white people can't dance and all black people have soul. He's able to go into the club. He's able to speak in his best abonics and throw all his slang and shit talk because black people don't understand anything other than what's up, homie, and shit like that. Right. And then, yeah, go on. I just always found it funny that when he first entered the club, people were like, who's this weirdo? And then, like... He's accepted immediately. I Well, not immediately. There's a cutaway and then there's a cutback. So that alludes that he's been there for quite some time. And then I guess I guess people have been drinking. So they think he's funny now. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Cause the, no, because it cut when I was making the race a super cut. I rewatched the scene. <laughs> it cuts away when he's first at the... He comes in. He goes, you ain't got a bathroom? Now, when it cuts back, he's still like walking through past the door yeah. and saying hello to everyone. So I don't think any time passed. Oh, I just think they're so impressed with how black he is with his cool lingo that, uh, <laughs> yeah. And then uh, he gets convinced to dance because some girl wants to dance with him. And... Yeah. You'll probably like that they didn't rehearse those dance scenes at all. Like Steve Martin improvised that whole thing, which is pretty cool. Yeah. It's not bad. <laughs> I'll give it a point. I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying to see. It just went on for way too long. Like, I get it. To that, like, and, like, I want. I really want to stress this. Like, I'm not trying to act like I'm... I already said this earlier, but, like, I don't think I'm an incredibly smart person for, like, staying away from this movie. And to give you an idea, the same year, I loved the Jamie Kennedy movie, Malibu's Most Wanted. Saw it in theaters. Rented it a bunch. I thought it was hilarious. And it's the same shit. It's Jamie Kennedy who wants to be a rapper, so he just constantly... Just dons everything that's quote unquote black and talks just like it's basically this scene from the movie, but for an entire movie. Mm-hmm. So it's Steve Martin wearing all his fucking Allen Iverson shit or whatever the hell he was wearing, and and talking in his non-existent voice, and then that's Jamie Kennedy, blah 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 blah. Yeah. So a bad movie. It's never gonna be on this podcast. I've got to tell you that much. Don't be hating. I fucking loved it because I loved rap music and I thought I was like, oh, look, this white guy likes rap and this and that. So, like, I was watching bad movies too at this time. So, so I just want to preface that that I'm a fucking idiot. Like, don't, this isn't me talking that to nobody. I love how we just introduced this version of Love What I Loved and you're like, yeah, I'm not going to talk about any of the crappy movies I love like Masha did. <laughs> 
no, I'm gonna save it. I'm gonna save it for something like half baked or like, like, like that's not a good movie, but like there was a point in my life where I loved that movie. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? And like at, at this age, I can't really watch it and be like, oh, look at the quality. But like I can relive my laughs when I was younger. Right. So something like that will be on this. But no, not not uh, Malibu's Most Wanted. Okay. <laughs> like that was like I loved it at thirteen. I grew out of it at fourteen and a half. <laughs> and it was... Oh. So, yeah, oh. Steve, Steve Martin's doing his slang and shit talk, fucking walking around. Yeah, and at the same time, Queen Latifah and Eugene Levy's character go to Mrs. Arness and uh, <laughs> kidnap her dog William to convince her yeah. to not loot. I- I do find it funny that she, in order to prove that she doesn't commit crimes, she just commits a million crimes. <laughs> like, she just comes in and steals her dog, and I was like, yeah, you're not going to prove you're a good person. Oh, so true. Can I also say, when I was looking at the Wikipedia, I quickly glanced at the Wikipedia for this, and, you know, the movie won fucking Teen Choice Awards and all that other shit, like, you know, just, like, nonsense. And I didn't, I didn't check anywhere other than Wikipedia, so I might be wrong. But it did say that Queen Latifah won an NAACP Image Award for her for her Are performance you in this movie. What? But again, like, yeah, this is like two thousand three. Like, it's not like we haven't had. I, I don't know. I don't know. So Steve Martin's in the club. Fucking, he gets into the back room with Spider. What's his name? Widow. Widow. <laughs> <laughs> he gets in the back room with Widow. You know, I want to meet Widow. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, in order to ingratiate himself, he starts playing a rap song and raps along to it. You know, yeah. At least it well, doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's not any rap song. I noticed in this time around, the lyrics. Did you pay attention to the lyrics? No. It was, you think you could get away with it. You think that you don't have to ever quit. Oh, this movie's But smart. it's almost over now. <laughs> Psych. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Fuck yeah, and he frames this guy, he records him giving a confession, and then the third action scene of this fucking comedy breaks out, where Queen Latifah starts fist fighting her ex-boyfriend, Widow. And, like, I do find it funny that, like, in most movies, especially around this time, you weren't really gonna have men full fist clocking women in movies. But, like, I feel like because Queen Latifah's, like, a bigger girl, they were like, it's fine. Like, she's mm-hmm. not a dainty, she's not a real girl because she's not small and frail. Like, because she, she's got a little a little weight on her, all of a sudden she could take a fucking full punch from a man. Right. <laughs> this is also the scene where um, Mrs. Arnest, Arnest? Arnest. Mrs. Arnest, I guess, learns to not be racist because two black guys offer her a joint and she gets high with them. Right. And then she realizes that black people are pretty cool. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe this movie was just trying to prove that we can, you know, solve racism. That's what it was trying to do? Uh, my takeaway weed from is this, the solution yeah my takeaway was that racism is pretty cute that's what i got <laughs> from this movie was that oh isn't it adorable i know this i know the lady who plays mrs arneth i don't know why i keep doing that list i don't know was it's that in so the movie? funny i don't know if it was it's just <laughs> funny. mrs arneth fair enough she was in another movie that my mom and i also watched by the way i keep saying my mom and i so <laughs> I'm an only child raised by a single mother. We watch a lot of movies together. I don't know if we preface this. I feel like we said it okay, at some cool. point. I just, all right. For first time listeners. Yes. We got you. <laughs> we got you covered. Nice. So Queen Latifah, like you said, is fighting Widow in the club, right? And they get into a position where Widow holds a gun on her and shoots at her. Well, shoots her right in the chest. Yeah. 
And then I was just like, fuck you, movie. Like, you're not earning this right now. Like, I'm not I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, Queen Latifah. Like, if there's no way this movie was going to end with her bleeding out on the floor and dying. It just wasn't going to happen. <laughs> I mean, her tit- uh, Steve Martin's titanium phone saved the day because she put it in her chest, like in her bra. Oh, so this movie's smart. All right, listen. <laughs> I said 15 minutes in. We I have another idea for a movie. I spent two ninety nine to rent this movie. <laughs> we were going to watch the goddamn thing. I'm so embarrassed. Oh, anyway, man. whatever. I still love Queen Latifah and Steve Martin and Eugene Levy. Oh, this is on my, it's on my Google receipts for the rest of my life oh. that I rented this movie. I saw that the uh, the comments on the movie on YouTube were conveniently turned off. (laughs) (laughs) No, they do that for all their movies. All right, all right. (laughs) You are right, but... (laughs) (laughs) Shall we move on to Best Worst, now Uh, that we've gotten all of this out of our system? No, hang on. I just want to talk about the very... So, you know, after he proves she's innocent, her and Eugene Levy live live happily ever after and get together. And then Steve Martin makes up with his wife because he quits his job... To start his own firm, and then, you know, finally has time to dedicate to her. Right. And I just thought it was hilarious that if she thinks, now that he's starting his own firm, that he's going to be working less, she's out of her goddamn mind. Right. Like, I, th- I was just like, you know how much more work that is? Like, he was just a tax lawyer for a big firm. Like, now he has to be... He has to build a firm from the ground up, and she thinks because he threw his cell phone out the window when he got a right. call that he was going to not be working 20... 20- I was like, he's going to be a... He's doing 30-hour days. It's impossible. It's not even possible and he's going to be doing it. Yeah. I don't know if he's just banking on, you know, having that one client, Mrs. Arnaz. Multi-billion dollar client. But I don't know. Yeah. I'm just I just found that funny where she was like, finally, you quit your job. You have more time for me. And I was like, yeah, to start his own (laughs) law firm. Oh, that's so true. Uh, That's all I wanted to say. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, oh, and and the son was played by uh, that kid from Two and a Half Men. I thought that was pretty funny. Oh yeah, you know about that kid? I I mean, what should I know about him? Like, I know he was on Two and a Half Men. Yeah, yeah, but like I didn't really watch that show, but I I saw some some guy on YouTube was like kind of chronicling like the end of that show, and before eh, it might have been after Charlie Sheen left, he got like into this like I don't want to call it a religious cult, but like this extremely religious organization, and then he started like putting himself online with his like people like talking mad shit about two and a half men talk calling it like like satan's garbage and like like true filth and like begging people to not watch it so that it could get canceled and then he eventually like quit the show and walked off and then i think i'm pretty sure this whole religious thing didn't even work out because he ended up coming back for the last episode (laughs) and like but like it's just like yeah he went through some like i guess from being such a young star and being on tv for his entire life he kind of went through a little bit of a crisis as he got older and i don't think he acts anymore i might be wrong but I just because I already knew that I kept thinking that with this movie where I was like, man, this kid is he's got a, He's got a, a ride ahead of him. That's crazy. I had no idea. Yeah. yeah. What? I'm going to look that up later. Yeah. I forget. It's, his name is Angus. Some, Angus Jones, maybe. I don't remember. I knew the girl the who plays his older sister, Kimberly Brown. Mm-hmm. She was like a huge like teen star. I remember her from the Halloween movies on Disney Channel. They're called Halloween movies or Halloween. <laughs> Wait, what? They're called Halloween? Halloween Town, Oh, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, ain't no Halloween movies out there. Oh, man. But yeah, I knew her from Halloween Town, so I think that was also another draw for me. (laughs) All right. 
I got nothing else to say about this shit. Let's go to best ones. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's go into best worst. Yeah. I don't know how many you have. Uh, I have like one, and I, I I didn't want to give too much thought to this one. <laughs> okay. You can go first. Um, sure. Best worst character. And I guess I can go first, so it gives you time to think on it. For me, the best character was Howie, a.k.a. Eugene Levy. Yeah. Even though he was kind of like that weird, like, I'm going to say all the black phrases now kind of guy. Yeah. I still found him hilarious, and he, you know, out of all the characters, had a heart of gold. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, he was the best for me. He's, honestly, that goes for me, too. Like. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it comes down to, like, what even when it comes down to liking these performers, I like him the best. Like, I like him more than I like Steve Martin. I like him more than I like Queen Latifah. Like I, more than Steve Martin? Yeah, I think so. Whoa. Does um, Steve Martin know? Yeah. I mean, Eugene Levy's been crushing it since day one. <laughs> he was probably the best. And, yeah, like, I guess in terms of, like, at least he meant well. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he was misguided, but, like, sure, he's the best. <laughs> and, I mean, what the hell's the worst? Like, what's the worst character in this movie? Well, for me, it was Ashley. Yeah, but are you talking, like, worst person or, like... Well, I'm just saying, like, worst, like, in your opinion. Yeah. Yeah. She's the worst yeah, person. her. Yeah, she sucked. All right. <laughs> so you're just gonna tag along to mine. Cool. Yeah, pretty much. Because, <laughs> I mean, like... I don't even know why Betty White was in the goddamn movie, but like at least like like she had the Betty White factor going for her, you know. Yeah. Missy Pyle didn't earn any any uh, pre movie credits for me that I was gonna be like, oh yeah, Missy Pyle's gonna crush it. <laughs> uh, Who's Missy Pyle? The sister. Oh. The character you just said. I know, but you're using her real name. Yeah, because I don't remember these characters' right. names. You... When Did... you said what, what's Eugene Lovey's name? Uh, Howie. I was literally, like, at the edge of my seat wondering who you were talking about. You were like, <laughs> my pick is Howie. I'm like, ooh, who is he? <laughs> um, actually, no, fine. I'll change my worst. My worst was the uh, the young corporate tax man. The one that was, was Steve Martin's enemy. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah he the was... one who liked uh, Mrs. Arness's ankles. Yeah, because he was trying to bang this old lady to get, like, her account. And I was just like, ah, I don't need any of that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need any. <laughs> Listen, sister. Yeah. That was him. It's in the montage. Oh. <laughs> Alright, for my best worst, I was thinking best worst, like, running gag, like, running joke, when that appears multiple times in the movie. Oh. Um, Interessant. And my best one, because this is, I actually got a laugh every time this happened, was Eugene Levy's character every time he would say some, like, horribly filthy shit, and then he would be like, if I'm not being too subtle. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know, I enjoyed that. I thought it, I thought it always was kind of like, nah, he'd be like, I want to lather you in butter and lick you from head to toe and blah, blah, blah. And then he'd be like, if I'm not being too subtle. <laughs> like, you know, again, that was like a kind of example of like an old-timey joke, like, where I just, I appreciated those more than when it was just like, what's up, my brother? Like, those kind of jokes were just fucking tired. <laughs> you got me straight tripping, boo. Yeah, like, that shit's lame. Like, I, I can't, I can't go. I don't know. That line him, uh, with him saying it made me laugh. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's a good one. It's not a recurring joke, but I have a one that made me laugh. Mm-hmm. I love the scene where Charlene is teaching Peter's son how to read. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was <laughs> and, all right. Yeah, and he, she gives him the porno mag. It's not really recurring, but fair enough. <laughs> no, it's it's a, it's it's a hard one if you didn't if you didn't think about it. I'll just go along with yours if yeah, you're yeah. playing by the rules. <laughs> Worst. It only happens twice, so if you want to argue recurring, this might be might be hard to say. But 
Queen Latifah doing her slave, hey, Massa Yusa voice. Yes. Yeah, I, I could have done without that. Me too. <laughs> I think we could both agree. <laughs> like, it happens in the one scene, and then she brings it up again later, where she was like, I gotta do that again. And I was like, please don't. <laughs> think this is, man. Just shake my hand like a man. I gotta give you some five on the backhand side with all this crazy job. That's bullshit. Best worst quote? Mm, for my worst, I'm gonna <laughs> let Betty White take it right oh. now. Man, that was my worst because I couldn't believe someone in the 20th first century said that. I'm just gonna tag on to that as well. <laughs> best? What's your best? I have, to, I have to give it a thought. Uh, so in the beginning uh towards the beginning of the movie when charlene is woken up by steve martin in the bed mm -hmm. and she punches him when she wakes us up and she's like who that who there who wanna with lean <laughs> i don't know why it's so funny don't forget she also hilariously kicks him in the balls because yep. this movie's not above anything <laughs> <laughs> i think that'll be my best because right. it, it brings good memories well i'm i'm piggybacking off of my recurring joke and if I'm not being too subtle, is my favorite line in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ashley, who are you doing today? Yeah, that's, that's pretty good. good. Yeah, that's a pretty good one, too. <laughs> cool. That's all I have. Yeah. So I can swim over to be on the credits for this one. So, we're at Beyond the Credits. This is where we like to theorize what happens to our characters after the credits roll and where their lives go from there. So obviously, Eugene, Levy, and Queen Latifah's characters are still together. Yeah. <laughs> and that's probably as much as we care about. <laughs> but even that, man, that age difference has just seemed weird. Like in that last scene when she gives them fucking Jamaican beads or whatever. What is it? Jamaican dreads? What are they? They're what? just braids with beads on them. But what they call They're them? Cornrows. They call them Jamaican something. Yeah, they do. I don't remember what uh, they call them. Well, anyway, she gives them cornrows and shit. And I was just like, man, you are too old for any of this shit, Eugene Levy. It's Eugene. Yeah, they're together. I don't know. I kind of, I stand by my point about starting the firm. I kind of feel like Steve Martin's wife's going to leave him again. <laughs> if we're going unrealistic and kind of getting out of the romanticizing of yeah. learning lessons and all that. Yeah. yeah. I, don't th I, think, I think they're going to be good for like six months. Like he's going to put in a true effort for six months. You know, be there for the kids, take them to Hawaii, whatever the hell they wanted to do. And uh, and that's just, like, the, the daughter, she's a god. She's going to be a mess. I don't think she learned anything. <laughs> she, she gets caught at one point going to a party. You know, she's, like, 14. Was she 14, 15? 15. She's 15. She's going to a party with, like, drinking and shit because she likes the boy there. And then she almost gets raped. And then Queen Latifah comes and, like, saves the day. And then, like, it's played for laughs where, like, Steve Martin goes to have a sit-down talk with her like a father's supposed to. But then he wants to be the cool dad. So instead he, like, like high-fives her and goes, like, what a night! And, like, and I was just like, that is bad parenting. Like, I think he's planting seeds in that little girl's head where she's just going to go down a degenerate path. I don't think so. I think she learned her lesson. Learned what? <laughs> that if she fucking... Breaks every single rule. She's gonna get a high five from her dad. Well, at least she said at after that she gave him a hug and she was like, "Oh, I can tell you everything now. Like I'll be at least he will know that she's gonna be open with her moving forward." All right. <laughs> you could tell someone you're pregnant, but you're still pregnant. All right. Listen. <laughs> 
I don't know. I I don't. I feel like there's not much to go beyond here. Like yeah, it ends how it ends. There's nothing in this. And movie. I don't think it deserves a sequel. Absolutely not. Uh, but I would. I wouldn't mind seeing. You know. All right. How about this? Sorry. You can finish with that. Finish with that. Finish with that. <laughs> I wouldn't mind seeing Queen Latifah and Steve Martin in another thing together. Well, how about this for fun? You have to come up with a sequel. You got hired to write one. Five million dollars. Whatever the hell. You gotta, you gotta bring come up with a pitch. The house too. You gotta come up with a pitch. What happens and bring it down the house too? Oh boy! And just think about all the bad comedy sequels we've had, where they have to rehash it. Oh my god! I mean, I'll, I'll go. Okay. All right. Clearly, Widow gets out of jail. He fucking you know Queen Latifah finds out, then he's on the run after her, and then somehow she goes to Steve Martin for help for some reason and then the two of them get on the road to get away from him and then it's like some weird road movie where they go to all these racist states I and then see. the fact that there's a black person and a white person together they deal with all the same scenarios from this first movie bam bad comedy sequel <laughs> mint it and print it hilarious i i think my sequel would be circled around Eugene and Queen Latifah Maybe they're getting married, and it's just all of these people in their lives coming together. And uh, okay. maybe it's like a relative staying at their home situation, and my, that's like bringing down the house. Be- like maybe it's my big, per- fat, my big fat black wedding. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's that. <laughs> I could. That's that's a totally other viable route. I was thinking more like Green Book when uh, meets meets bringing down the house, no way. where they drive around through oh like the God. south. <laughs> but like yeah like because they don't tell you what state this movie takes place in but it's, it's california oh it's california yeah. yeah so like they're in california and everyone acts like it's the fucking antebellum south so yeah. i want to see what happens when they go to the south because if 2003 california is that the south must be fucking apartheid like right. like it's gotta be the worst shit <laughs> i gotta see this movie's universe version of the south <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's fun. We should we should come up. We should pretend that we're forced to make sequels in the, for other movies. I like that a lot. That was a good one. Oh, Andy, with your smart thoughts. Yeah, that's, that's a cut. So we're at the finale here. We broke this movie down as much as it could be broken down for us. I think we had a longer conversation than the pitch fucking script when they were writing this movie. I think we thought about it more than they yeah. did. Yeah. Oh God. Oh, but anyway, and I don't like we. St- I, I, I wanted to start this podcast and call it "Love What I Love," so we could have a positive like show where we really talk about like you know th- we're, we're sharing the things we love, so that way it's like good. There's enough negative bad movie reviewers out there. Some are fucking great. Like I'm not saying I'm not trying to discount that, but I just I find a lot of cynicism out there on the internet, especially on YouTube and in podcasts. So like we didn't want to have a one of these bad movie podcasts where we take it to Hollywood and right. this and that. Like I making a movie is so fucking hard. Mm-hmm. Getting a movie made, getting it from script to page, casting, getting the shots, getting it to editing. That Absolutely. is that is a feat. Any movie that is completed is a feat. But like for this time, I, I just I can't with this movie. Like I just don't like it at all. <laughs> there were two times where he tried to where they tried to do these like long artistic takes. Like the very first time when Steve Martin's setting up the house for the date before he knows it's Queen Latifah. It's like this long uncut shot that's like, and I was like, man, you're wasting a dolly. Like you're wasting a steady cam operator's job right now. Like, and. <sighs> Yeah, like I was just like, we don't need these artistic shots in this movie where it's as vapid as any. Like it's it's as thick as 
a piece of paper. Like, it's, <laughs> there's nothing to chew on in this movie. Oh, man. So, like, I was just like, man, like, good for the camera operators. They got some practice. You know what I mean? Like, for, for the next feature they worked on. But, like, ugh. I love that you made that point. And I'm so sorry. Again, this is why I need to make sure I watch movies at least a few months in advance before pitching it for this podcast because I need to make sure that Masha loves it now, <laughs> you yeah. know? And even though I said that, don't worry, there will be certain episodes in the future that I want to do with the Love What I Love brand because not only do I want to do Love What I Loved and do a nostalgia, but I think Like What I Like is a very valuable option because you don't have to always love every single movie. You could easily like a movie you want to share. And on very special occasions, we will also be doing Hate What I Hate where the whole point is to really just have fun with a movie that we think is trash. When we started this, we didn't think it was going to be like this. Right. So we're going to classify this as a love that I loved. But yes. So I feel like I already know the answer to the, <laughs> the ultimate question. What's the question? Do you love what I loved? Hell no. Uh, there it is. I didn't like this movie at all. <laughs> and if it wasn't for... How like, all the fun that I had last night watching this was looking at you and seeing how embarrassed you were. You yeah. had your hands in front of your face for like forty percent of this movie. I've never. I've been in a relationship with you for five plus years. I've never been so embarrassed. <laughs> this is including first dates, everything. Holy shit! So uh, well, since this is loved, what I loved, you did love this at one point. So let I me did. ask you: Do you love what you loved? I don't love what I loved. I feel like I'm at the point where it's more of the memory of watching it. But yeah, I, I'm not going to pop this movie in <laughs> 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 anytime soon. Oh, what a show. <sighs> Amazing. Thank you for listening. Really, thank you for listening if you've gotten this far. <laughs> and normally I love to tell people that it, the, our show works better when you've seen the movie. Eh, you don't need to watch this one. <laughs> <laughs> you could just... You could just you know, listen to this or don't, you know what I mean? I think you can refer to Andy's supercut, and our conversation yeah. kind of covers it. And most, a lot of these scenes are on YouTube. If you really want to see what the fuck we're talking about, just YouTube it. But, I mean, better yet, if you don't believe what we we mentioned, watch it for yourself. <laughs> yeah, go for it. But beware, I'm done. I'm <laughs> done for life. Uh, if you enjoyed our podcast, be sure to subscribe and tell a friend. Also, if you have time, you know, take a moment to rate and review. Every bit of feedback helps. I'm Masha. I'm Andy. And <laughs> I hope you love what I loved.